Hi, I'm William Stewart. Welcome back to this podcast on the major themes of Scripture. What an important study, really foundational to understanding who God is, our Messiah, the Holy Spirit, the Christian walk. It's where we bring all the Scripture together uh, to uh, to create themes of Scripture. So you know how to organize Scripture and the major issues around salvation, the Godhead, how we serve Christ. We were using only the Bible. This is called a biblical theology, a study of God using only the Bible. So we're not using outside resources, but scripture itself. There's, there's a lot of people who have written uh, good and bad about scripture and theology. <clears throat> and uh, several authors I recommend in their theology are Ryrie and Schaefer. And, uh, and Erickson, but um, this will focus only on the uh, Bible itself, especially the apostolic epistles, the letters from the book of Romans to Revelation 3, the letters from the apostles to the church. Uh, all scripture, all the Bible is God's scripture, and we learn so much about uh, how God thinks, his, his desires, uh, the nature of man, the plan of God and prophecy, all from the progressive revelation leading up to the church. But for the saints in the church time, we uh, have our marching orders from the epistles. And that's what we will focus on mostly, but not entirely, uh, in this uh, podcast. This podcast is self-contained as a lesson introductory uh, theology, the major themes of Scripture, and uh, to, to get you started, by the end of it, you should be well-versed in what the Bible says and as a, as a foundation and, and hopefully building upon what you know from individual books. Visit the website uh, for this podcast, and uh, there's a, there should be the notes of, for the podcast as well. And... Um, uh, leave a comments, ask questions, as you will. Read my disclaimer uh, also so you can put this podcast <clears throat> in context. Glad you're with us. Today we're talking about a really important topic, that of the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about the Holy Spirit's role in our salvation, and, and that was important. And now we come, we're starting the role of the Holy Spirit in our Christian life. It divides neatly into two sections. One is the, what the Holy Spirit does for us. Uh, in that are both permanent um, roles and roles which are variable. And over the next several sessions, we'll also talk about the third element is our responsibilities to the Holy Spirit. This section on the, what the Holy Spirit does for us will be in two sections. There's just so much important good stuff. I'm emphasizing this because the Holy Spirit is not often taught on or discussed uh, among Christians. And as we, my wife, Jeanette, uh, who is such a godly woman, as we both come to teach young people, they really know, really know very little about the Holy Spirit. And we want to fill this in from Scripture. Another problem is they're not really solid, they're unified texts just describing the Holy Spirit. Uh, there, there's some, and we'll discuss these, but uh, unlike Christ, which is fully discussed and in broad passages, uh, it's limited in terms of the Holy Spirit, so it's harder to bring these verses together. 
Now, I must start out, and this is controversial, so it's emotional, so don't get mad at me. Um, I'm going to start out talking about what we're not going to discuss, and that's charismatic issues. And that seems hypocritical <clears throat> because in 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, it discusses these issues, particularly in chapters 12 and 14, and that's in the apostolic epistles. So why will I not discuss it? Well, part of it is time. It's beyond the scope of this podcast. Uh, secondly, and again, this is controversial because there's whole churches who, who uh, believe in the miraculous gifts, as discussed in these in chapters 12 and 14, and base a lot of their worship service and lives on it. Uh, I'm not going to discuss it because there's another side of this argument that uh, the miraculous gifts have ended, and which this podcast takes this view for the following reasons. <clears throat> First off, the Church of Corinth was a church that was, this is an early letter around 50 AD, the church was immature. And when Paul discusses the miraculous gifts, he's saying that they're basically misusing them. <clears throat> he's not being complimentary. And he basically says there's a better way in chapter 13, faith, hope, and love, which is described in the rest of the epistles. So he's he's basically saying, grow up, uh, Corinthians. You're misusing this and you're missing what God really wants you to know. And, and the reason is because miraculous gifts in the whole plan of God occur when there's new revelation, like with Moses, Elijah, and Christ's first coming, Christ's second coming, they're directed towards the Jews. Because the Jews, we know from 1 Corinthians itself in chapter 1, want to see a, a sign, and, and all throughout the epistles. So God is gracious and connected the church time for the Jews with miracles to the uh, prior times uh, in the Gospels, to Christ and his miracles. And uh, But however, they were dying away as the church became less Jewish and more um, Gentile-focused. You can see in the book of Acts, these miracles died away. Corinth, in this early letter, had a high consecration of Jews, a very big synagogue, and I think the gifts were there for that reason. However, 1 Corinthians 13 clearly says they stop, as does um, uh, <clears throat> Matthew 11, 14, excuse me, 13. We, we do not see them in the rest of the epistles, miraculous gifts. God clearly states in Hebrews 1, 1 to 2, that God speaks in this time by Christ. We get our information not from the prophecy, not from the revelation, but Christ. And that's in the canon. The canon's complete. Tongues were there as a condemnation from Isaiah 28, 11 to the Jews. And that was over as well, because again, the church was becoming much less Jewish as it got into the second generation. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, that's the reason why miraculous gifts, so many believe, have stopped. Don't be mad at me for the messenger. I'm happy to answer polite questions or comments, and please send these as you desire. So let's get to today's topic of the Spirit's role towards us in the uh, as believers. And it really 
the spirit does three things. <clears throat> Two are easily comprehended, and one's a little difficult. And that's will be the topic for the day. So first thing is, is that the spirit indwells us. Excuse me, the spirit does two things in our topic for the day. Excuse me. Both are, are comprehensible. He, the spirit indwells us. This is const, constant. He's a sign for our salvation, a seal for our salvation. Mentioned in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 and 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 5, 5. And this is vital because as a Christian, as it says also in Romans 8, 9, you have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not a Christian, period. So there's the Spirit doesn't come after our salvation. It comes at our salvation. The Spirit doesn't go away because, as we've discussed under the security of salvation, the sealing is a legal seal like that of a king, a signet ring, that stays there to our redemption. There is no limit on the spirit. Uh, you will find out in a few episodes, only we can limit the spirit. So the spirit is there for our full use as it indwells us. It doesn't leave, it doesn't go away. There's a famous Psalm 51, where, where David, after his sin with Bathsheba, prays, God, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. God didn't graciously. But that's the Old Testament. The Spirit came and went uh, among the certain saints in the Old Testament. Like Saul was king, he had the Holy Spirit. God took the Holy Spirit from him. So it's there for special uses and tasks. We, however, as New Testament believers, have the Holy Spirit fully, completely, and permanently. Second thing the Spirit does is that the Spirit prays for us. And um, this is in um, uh, Romans 8.26, and uh, basically takes what we pray and somehow changes it in a passionate way to a form acceptable to God. We're not sure, but the Spirit adds to our prayers, as, as does Jesus Christ, actually, uh, that uh, Christ prays for us also. So as we pray, we have these two members of the Godhead, praying to God the Father for us. How wonderful is that? So the Spirit indwelling and the Spirit praying appear to be two fixed functions of the Spirit for our Christian life. These are really great promises. All right, so let's move on then to discuss two of the three, um, and this is what I was mentioning before, sorry to be confusing, two of the three roles of the Spirit in our life. There are two major passages here uh, that we're going to discuss in uh, two of the three in Romans 8, uh, verses 13 to 16. There's another major passage in Ephesians 6, 10 to 17, the armor of God verse. So today let's focus on two of these features in Romans 8, 13, which are very important. One is the Spirit stops sin. So that's a role that it has in our life, but it's a variable role. So these, again, we've moved on from fixed function to variable function of what the Spirit does. And basically it says, if we're obedient to stop sin, the Spirit's there to help us. Otherwise, it's our responsibility to initiate this and the Spirit helps. So it's a common question. 
who sanctifies us? Who makes it holy? Is it God's responsibility or our responsibility? It's our responsibility of faith to be obedient. The Spirit helps in the process. Second is, also from Romans 8, <clears throat> verses 16, uh, is that the Spirit comforts us that we are God's children. And, and this is vitally important. Uh, it also mentions this again in Romans 15, 13, that by we have our hope, we have our knowledge of salvation, we know we have a hope by the power of the Spirit. Well, why is this important? Well, we're in a world that is full of its own supposed truth that mocks us for what we believe and, and who we are, and yet we, against this, and against this pressure from the world to believe as they believe, we have the Holy Spirit telling us, hey, you are the children of God. You will be in heaven. You have a great hope no matter what happens down here. And um, uh, that uh, you are secure in God. Now, you could say that this is a fixed um, feature of the spirit. But yet I think it, it has to do, we're going to gain this comfort and the security in, in our thinking when we are seeking God and understanding scripture, even reading the passage that say, hey, we do have this hope. So that there has to be an element of obedience in conforming our mind to scripture that would allow the spirit, I believe, to give us the comfort that we really will be with God. I think so often the people I see most afraid of losing their salvation, most afraid that somehow that some sin has disrupted their relationship with God for those who don't know Scripture and those who aren't being obedient. So be obedient, know Scripture. It allows then the Spirit to give you that comfort. Okay, let's stop there. We've covered then several vital points. One is what the Spirit does for us in a fixed fashion. He prays for us and dwells us. We've started on the first passage about the Holy Spirit from Romans 8, 13 to 16, vital passage, and what the Spirit does for us if we allow it. One is give us comfort that we're God's children and helps us stop sin. Next time we'll finish this section about God's leading, and I'm, I'll spend a whole section of podcast on this because it's so important, and people want to be led by God and know how that's done. And then um, and, and join me because it's not going to say what you probably think it's going to say. Then we'll talk about the armor of God and wrap up the session on what the Spirit does for us over three, two more podcasts. Lastly, then we'll spend a podcast talking about what we do for the Spirit, our responsibilities, not for the Spirit, but our responsibilities to the Spirit to allow it to act. Okay, thanks so much for joining me. Great to have you. Hope these uh, verses and, and information were helpful. I'll look forward to seeing you next time. Again, go to the uh, podcast uh, site, uh, get the notes, and um, leave questions, comments, and I will we'll do my best to address them. Thanks again. Bye for now.